This is Dennis Dunaway of the original Alice Cooper group, listening to Rock Strikes 10. What's up? This is Tuck from The Biters, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Beautiful. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com, where you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. All right, so before I get into this week's show, as far as the music goes, I'm going to explain to you what I'm doing here and also explain to you what I've been doing this whole year because it definitely involves the show, so you definitely have a right to know. The few and the proud, for those of you who do listen, and thank you once again. So, uh, you know, if most people that do a podcast, they put it out every week. I I never promise that I put it out every week. I try to. I really do. Uh, stuff gets in the way, life gets in the way, and uh, the bottom line is, uh, and the bottom dollar is, uh, we do this for free. Any 99.9% of podcasters do it for free, and for the love of it, I try not to complain or bitch about it, because at the end of the day, it's it's my show, and I love it, and I love bringing it to you, my friends. So uh, I take it very seriously, and that being said, ever since the beginning of this year here, 2019, I've thought uh, a lot about the fact that it's the end of the decade. So, of course, I wanted to do something really special for the show for the end of the decade. And basically, as of this show, we are starting right now. I have been going back and listening to all the records from this decade that I own, at least, or trying to fill in the blanks of stuff I might have missed before. I am still taking suggestions, by the way. So if, if maybe you didn't hear something on the show or don't recall hearing it, feel free to shoot me a message and be like, what about this record? Simple. I'll be happy to look into it. Uh, maybe it's already on the playlist, or maybe I've never heard it before in my life, but I'm definitely still taking suggestions for albums that have happened since January of 2010 all the way up until this present day. So basically my goal here is to be the first and last word of the decade musically here as far as rock music is concerned. So like I said, we're starting on this show right here. I'm not starting what is going to be my definitive all-time countdown for the decade. That'll be later in the year, definitely towards the end when everybody's thinking about it and it's on the brain. It only makes sense, right? Maybe get some extra attention for the show. But, you know, considering that I have an ongoing theme here on the show, I like to spotlight things, you know, such as the odds and ends and things like that. So starting on this episode and sporadically through the rest of this calendar year here, I will be doing some massive spotlighting to some of the better odds and ends of this last decade musically. So for those of you who might be new to the show, and and thank you for tuning in, the odds and ends are basically songs that aren't on full-length studio albums. So basically songs that wound up being put on soundtracks or, you know, maybe an all-covers album, single-only releases, that that happens. EP releases are a big thing again. So things like that, basically things that aren't going to make the critics list at the end of the year. You know, it's like a Island of Misfit Toys thing. They need a place to belong to, and this is definitely the place to be for things like that. Definitely an Island of Misfits Toys type feel here on the show. So going to get into uh the easiest way i know how to do it is we're going to go in alphabetical order we're going to do some a's and b's here on the show tonight all odds and ends and i'll explain to you where they all come from what their origin is and things such as that so long story long that's what we're doing here we're starting off 
we are recapping the decade as of this show. <laughs> so you'll get all pretty much all the odds and ends before you get the big old countdown. I'm not even going to tell you what kind of countdown I'm doing. Obviously, I want to wrap up the decade, but for right now, I'm going to keep it on wraps. It'll be simple once it comes out, but it'll be a lot of parts, that's for sure. So that's all I'm going to say. All right, let's get into the first song here, since we're going alphabetical. Most collections, uh, unless you are an ABBA fan like I am, begin with ACDC. <laughs> so yeah, ACDC did have an odd and end release out this decade. Just missed the Backtracks box set, which is a, a neat little box set there as well. But prior to the Rocker Bust album, they released the uh, what I believe is called Live at River Plate. Now there may be a different pronunciation and I'm probably just totally tanking it right here. Maybe River Plate Stadium in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I'm going to go with that. Plate sounds a lot more fancy, but this is ACDC. So what are we talking about here? It's Plate. So yes, <laughs> if you go look at it in the store, it reads Live at River Plate, an ACDC release, a two CD set, and then there's also not an accompanying, but a separate release of a DVD or a Blu-ray, depending on your format of choice there. And uh, yeah, it was it was a nice little release there. And you know, get another live ACDC album. It had been a while since we got an official like full show top to bottom. It's been a bunch of great vault releases from them since 2000, but this one captured a whole show from the amazing, awesome Black Ice tour. And I say that also because that was the first time I finally got to see ACDC live was this Black Ice tour. So a, a nice big soft spot here for that particular tour. So personally, I'd like to kick off uh, the first shot of the decade wrap-up on our odds and ends of the 2000, the 2010s. What do we call this? I'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, so yeah, let's play this nice little nugget here from Live at River Plate. <laughs> Well, sounds weird saying plate, but I'm going with it. So yeah, here's uh, here's something fun. I, I dig it, and I'm a big Brian Johnson fan as well. Always cool to hear him sing a Bon Scott classic that's not too obvious. So opening up this little odds and ends section here, wrapping up the decade. This is ACDC Live from Buenos Aires. And here's Brian Johnson singing Shot Down in Flames. It's what's called Shot Down in Flames. Right. 
All right, kicking off our decade-long wrap-up of the great odds and ends of this decade. Opened up there with Shot Down in Flames, live from Buenos Aires, live at River Plate or Plate, depending on uh, what your income is there. Uh, of course, you can originally find that song on Highway to Hell, a five-star classic you must own. But if you're an ACDC hardcore fan of Completus, or you just went to the Black Eyes tour like I did and wanted to relive, uh, you know, all the aspect of it. Maybe not so much the stadium vibe, because I saw it in an arena, but it's shot at a stadium. But it's got all the big uh, stage props on there. Complete recreation of the show. It's a shame that anything goes from Black Ice is not on this release. I guess they had dropped it by that point, but they played it early on in the tour. I didn't get to see it myself, sadly, but Anything Goes was my favorite song off of Black Ice, but I guess it was their least favorite of the five that they played on that tour. Should have been a big hit. That was their Money Talks Part 2. Should have been huge. Anyway, moving on here. Next track we're going to talk about is a track from, uh, you know, for you KISS fans out there, you may not even know this exists. There was a KISS tribute album that came out this decade that had an interesting twist to it called Kiss and Makeup, and uh, makeup being highlighted there because it was an all-female tribute to Kiss. And, you know, it's got a handful of some of the regulars that I'm a big fan of that myself and my lovely wife like to go see when they're in town. People like the Dolly Rots and the Two Tens, and even Pearl, Scott Ian's wife, is also on this uh, via Hard Luck Woman. Cool version there. So, you know, those people are on there, and that's really cool. And the rest of the album is, is interesting. And I say that word to be middle of the road because <laughs> depending on uh, probably your age, honestly, because I definitely resemble this remark as well, it's very of the now, these versions. So here, here's a tip for you, maybe, uh, for you uh, moms and dads out there, and you maybe want to try to indoctrinate your child into KISS, which is what we like to do because, you know, of course, as uh, Henry Rollins most famously quoted one time, his guitar player said, you know, eventually, um, soon, everybody who doesn't like KISS will just die off, and then there'll be nothing but KISS fans. So if you'd like to continue that, you might want to pick up or download off of iTunes the KISS and Makeup tribute album because the majority of the performances definitely fall into modern sounds, uh, you know, pop music and whatnot, but not like happy pop. It's this thing that you, you've heard it, even if you don't seek it out. If you go see any kind of movie trailer where it's like dystopian type stuff, something that's based off of, a, you know, like a teen fiction novel, uh, I call it the dystopian slow dance. <laughs> there's a lot of versions like that on there, and there's a lot of like more dance pop stuff on this kiss and makeup thing. So, like I said, you may not be into it, but you know you at least like the song. So if you got a kid you want to send over to the Kiss Army, then maybe this might be a good handshake for him. So there's your PSA for the night. And uh, you might be saying, well, Joey, you, are you going to play one of those dystopian slow dances? I actually am. Uh, for the reason being is because it's different. Number two reason being is because I like the song and I don't think you can screw it up no matter what. And number three, it's from someone who I'm a big fan of. Now, this is someone I'm not used to hearing in a solo capacity, and this is, as far as I know, the only solo release that this lady has out. I do miss her old band, though, so I'm going to play something by Brett Anderson. For those of you who may not be familiar with that name, she was the lead singer of the Donnas. I say was because they've been, you know, on hiatus for a long time, quote-unquote. So let's hope someday they'll come back and save rock and roll. Uh, right now, check out Brett Anderson's dystopian slow dance version of one of my favorite Kiss songs, Crazy Crazy Nights. Enjoy. 
take my soul away But I don't hear the rap that they all say They try to tell us we don't belong That's alright, a million strong This is my music, it makes me proud These are my people, this is my crowd These are crazy, 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 crazy nights These are crazy, 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 crazy you enjoyed that or at least had fun with it maybe i mean maybe fun's not the word but uh you know i wasn't trying to sell you insurance or uh you know a car or zoloft or something but they do use that kind of a sound don't they when it comes to especially car commercials lately car commercials and movies there you go so there was the uh ballad dystopian slow dance version of crazy crazy nights by the great brett anderson and uh you know I probably honestly do like that cover more because it's Brett, so whatever, respect. 
And yeah, you, you don't hear that kind of a version every day, especially when it comes to Kiss. But if you'd like to seek that out, and as well as a couple of cool pop-punk versions of some other Kiss classics, with a K of course, go check out the Kiss and Makeup tribute album. You can find it on iTunes, that's the easiest way to do it. Not a lot of physical copies are made at all. Alright, speaking of covers, and you're going to hear a lot of covers probably as we go through a lot of these odds and ends of this decade. Uh, of course, one of my perennial favorites, Anthrax, my favorite of the big four, put out a covers EP earlier in the decade called Anthems. And so we're going to play the uh, quasi-title track here from it because I'm just going to play a song called Anthem. And for those of you who may not know, and I can't, you know, I can't imagine to listen to the show if you don't. However, Anthem was originally a Rush song, which was inspired by the novel by Ayn Rand, Anthem, which if you don't know, ask your kids because they're probably having to read it in school right now. So after they do, you can reward them with both Rush and Anthrax's version of this. Sure, why not? Okay. But until then, just enjoy this amazing performance by Anthrax, who always does a bang-up, on-the-nose version. It's always It always sounds just like the original, but with slightly more distortion. And uh, I love the way Anthrax does a cover. They, they definitely stick true to the original story, but I think a lot of it's just the novelty of them covering something that maybe you wouldn't expect that's kind of out of left field there. I imagine this was Charlie's choice, if I had to guess. That's usually the drummer that gets into the rush, or the bass player. But I think I think this has got to be a Charlie one, because he's really killing it on this track. So enjoy. Turn it up, of course. This is Anthrax's version of Rush's classic, Anthem.
There you go. Anthrax doing Russia's Anthem from their covers album, or EP, I should say, called Anthems. And like I said, this fits uh, two checkoffs for the odds and ends list. It's a covers album and it's an EP. So doubly belongs on our odds and ends list here for the decade. And of course, it's super quality as well. Other good stuff on there. They do a great version of Cheap Tricks Big Eyes. They do Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak. So between some of the stuff on here and the awesome ghost track on Worship Music where they do Refuse New Noise, I think they pretty much got all the covers that they promised way before Worship Music came out. And I had read about those uh, online, so it must be true. But of course they wound up covering all those songs, so that source was definitely right on. The only one missing that I would love to hear still is uh this could be in the vault for all i know probably with uh dan nelson's vocal so that'll never come out but i'd love to hear joey tackle this i would have loved to especially hear john bush tackle it however i do know that they were working on doing a cover of tom petty's running down a dream at one point so let's cross our fingers and hope that happens down the pike here somewhere all right the covers continue there was a really wacky ass bob dylan tribute out earlier this decade way early in the decade and uh, i'm not sure who put this out but this thing is ridiculous i think it was like a three or four cd set it was real cheap though because i got it second hand and i'm glad i did because number one not the biggest bob dylan fan of course i respect the journey and i respect the writing uh you know and a lot of my heroes you know worship at the altar of dylan just not a big fan uh, it's definitely a lot easier for me to digest him via a cover and always has been that way for me for sure I remember Brian Ferry put out a all Dylan tribute last decade that's pretty damn good called Dylan-esque of course Brian Ferry's the man but yeah I'd say out of the three or four CDs that this thing was it's called Chimes of Freedom by the way I think it was a charity album in addition to that I mean a massive amount of variety on there so obviously dylan's influence uh, spreads through decades and all genres and i get that you'll find everybody from kesha to mediaccio bronx to uh the queens of the stone age and uh this band right here that i'm a huge fan of so wanted to represent them here somehow on the sods and ends they got a lot of them floating around here and there but you can never go wrong with bad religion yes one of punk rock's finest right there great writers too always dig that harmony that's one of their great x factors of a punk rock band always great harmonies so yeah let's just uh, turn it up for this one this is a dylan standard at this point uh but love this version of it right here definitely enhanced in my opinion by the great bad religion this is it's all over now baby blue
right from the chimes of freedom tribute album i think it was an amnesty international charity album as well that was bad religion with it's all over now baby blue like i said there's a handful of artists on there that i really uh, dug hearing on there i mentioned kesha mediaccio bronx queens of the stone age uh lenny kravitz does a great version of rainy day women on there listen to williams is on there my chemical romance is on there so it's really interesting go check it out if you're a fan or even a non-fan there's got to be something for you on there all right moving on here and definitely when it's all said and done and the decade's completely over you know of course people are going to want to make you know best albums lists best movies lists tv shows things like that of course any fun pop culture lists that you could think of and there's youtube channels dedicated to that and bless them if they're making money doing that Uh, my hat is off but in my opinion musically especially one of the greatest moments of the entire decade is that finally the stars aligned and then we got a big four gig now for those of you who aren't in the know uh, the big four is the big four of thrash metal from the 80s which of course anthrax as we played earlier slayer which is the quietest i've ever said slayer megadeth and metallica and like i said the stars finally aligned and it happened in sofia bulgaria <laughs> of all places right that's fine though i mean europe definitely deserves it over us at this point we we are all to blame here in the states for pretty much the decline of popularity of hard rock and metal and rock and roll in general in this country uh so yeah good on you europe you got a big four gig i am jealous uh you know there's been a lot of finger pointing after the fact as to uh, how this didn't happen as a tour in the states where you play, you know, the Big 12 stadiums or whatever. I mean, easy money right there if you ask me. Uh, but it just never happened, and everybody seems to be blaming everybody else for it not happening. Uh, but it happened once, and that's you know should be important enough for most of us. And thankfully, they had the wherewithal to have a film crew out. And of course, the uh, tape machine was rolling, as we say in the business. And everybody's performances got recorded for the ears and for the eye. So glad that happened. At least somebody was doing their job that day. And uh, I actually went to the movie screening of it, like uh, I guess the day delay or whatever it was, uh, f- to see the all all full length sets from the Big Four. I spent the whole night in the uh, theater with my better half, and then got to see the Big Four smiling ear to ear the entire time. Couldn't believe it was happening. Just happy to be some sort of witness to it. And uh, eventually, of course, bought the you know box set, the DVD CD box set with all the stuff on it. And uh, yeah, and of course, the big culmination just prior to Metallica's encore at the end of the night was the big jam which you know it is not even i'm not even gonna front and say this is the greatest performance of this song ever because it's probably not honestly especially technically but just the fact that it's the majority of all four bands on stage at once doing this song makes it amazing so on principle there you go so here's a live version from bulgaria with the majority of the big four up here doing the diamond head classic am i evil
There you go, live version of Am I Evil there. Could hear James Hetfield, Dave Mustaine, and Joey Belladonna trading off vocals there. Good stuff, good stuff. All right. A historical moment in the history of music. One of the great metal moments of all time, if I do say so. And I'm just glad it happened. Hopefully there'll be another one. I mean, we're not getting any younger here, guys, so let's make it happen. Uh, you know, I'd say the best place to do it, the scariest place to do it would be San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> or san bernardino california i would love it if they you know i'll even compromise i'll drive a little to it you know (laughs) probably what am i saying i'll drive a long way to see it uh maybe houston texas let's say you do like one texas one new york Uh, they did do uh basically a new yeah they did do a new york show didn't they yeah i think they did that once or at least three out of four yeah, I forgot they did a New York one. Yeah, you were probably yelling at me on the last segment that, no, it, it happened twice. Yeah, I remember the New York thing, because that's where uh, Anthrax shot a music video that day. But, uh, yeah, I think that was uh, Yankee Stadium, or... Yeah, I think it was, like, Giant Stadium or something like that. Okay, yeah, but yeah, basically, of course, it needs to happen everywhere else. That's that's it, all right. Oh, goodness, all right. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, Diamond Heads, Am I Evil? Of course, uh, famously covered by Metallica. We wouldn't know it here in the States if it was for Metallica. That goes without saying. No disrespect to Diamond Head, but that's, like I said, 
It's the United States. What do you want? All right. Uh, one of the great bands from America that came out of the last decade and change uh, was a band that uh, unfortunately recently uh, called it quits was the Biters. And uh, friends of the show, Biters, uh, yeah, had them over at Rock and Pod 2. It was the only show that had uh, Tuck and Ricky on their, on their show out there. So I consider it very much an honor super cool guys i will definitely be supporting tuck and his new solo effort should be coming out pretty soon here and uh you know i'm sure it'll sound biters-esque but he's he's free to do whatever he wants he doesn't owe me anything but uh yeah predominantly for the first few years of the biters career they just put out a handful of singles and eps and whatnot so there's a lot of those uh, out there they compiled a, pretty much the majority of their singles and EP releases under one release finally a few years ago. Even if they hadn't, they'd still be here on the odds and ends, of course. But if you're going to get one thing, definitely want to pick up the Cut Your Teeth album, which, like I said, a compilation of singles and, and EPs and B-sides and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and of course, their Electric Blood full length is perfect. You can't touch it. Uh, but like I said, Cut Your Teeth, great representation of everything else. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately not a lot of stuff to be had. You pretty much can get the entire buyer's catalog on three or four albums total. But uh, yeah, I'll take what I can get. It was awesome while it lasted, I will say. And you know, who knows? Who knows what'll happen in the future. But even if we never get anything else from them, we got amazing rock and roll songs such as this. A song that it just kicks your ass, like this one right here. Indigo.
shout out that one gets dedicated to bj from the rock and or roll podcast i'm pretty sure that's his favorite biter song as well so there you go that one's for you bj i was recently on rock and or roll it hasn't aired yet but we recorded it fairly recently and in the past i've gone on bj's show and i get so mad at him by the end of it because he's had me on to talk about Def Leppard's hysteria and metallica's black album and he, he works this like Jedi mind trick on me to where he tries to convince me that these albums aren't as good as I think they are. And he kind of got me on those two, especially the Metallica one. I still might ground pretty decently with Hysteria, but he had me on for Motley Crue's Generation Swine recently. And I will tease it and uh, just let you wonder, did he convince me otherwise? Because I, I am a fan of the Generation Swine album, so... Will BJ convince me otherwise? Time will tell. You'll have to wait for the episode. But keep an eye out there on the feed for the Rockin' No Roll podcast. And uh, just check out all the other Motley Crue episodes he's done recently as well. With uh, a lot of other good friends of the show as well. Alright, here's one that really fell under the radar. I mean, this band definitely, and they're not really even together anymore, which is, is very sad. Especially the double tragedy of brothers not getting along, like actual real genetic brothers. But uh, Chris and Rich Robinson of the Black Crows, you know, it's like that, that age-old thing in rock and roll. The Davies, the Gallaghers, and the Robinsons, they just can't get along. They just hate each other. And I, I feel like the Robinsons are the worst about it, because I... I feel like the other ones have like been on again, off again a lot more than the Robinsons have. And from what I understand, uh, the Black Crows should exist today, but it just basically all boiled down to money. Uh, if, if what I read is true, then that means that Chris Robinson is a total skunk. It's very sad. Black Crows were a very good rock and roll band. Yeah, you could definitely argue that over the, the last little bit there, they got a little too jammy and stuff like that. And you could definitely argue that they weren't as good as they used to be. However, the fact that they still existed, you could go see them and still have a decent time, you know, that was never lost on me. At the beginning of the decade, they seemed to be getting along just fine. They had done the War Paint album late in the previous decade. And one of these really neat things that happened, and this isn't an album that happens too often, they literally went into the studio and did a double live album in studio and basically yeah it's them recutting like some greatest hits and fan favorites and stuff like that but i really dig this i know the cure did this back in the early 2000s where they went in the studio and cut all their greatest hits live again in the studio and i don't think this was done as a i mean yeah of course there's it was probably some money motivation there but i really dig it really like laid back acoustic versions of all of these songs so Normally not a fan of bands re-recording their material, but uh, this release called Crowology is really cool in my opinion. The performances sound really inspired, and uh, if you're a fan of the band or have enjoyed the greatest hits in the past, uh, pick this one up if you see it out and about. Nice double disc set here, Crowology. Here's a single that should have been bigger than it was when it came out, and I just like the Lions album in general. I thought Lions was a great record. So here's the Crowology version of Soul Singin'. 
There you go. A live acoustic in-studio version of Soul Singing 
by the Black Crows from Crowology, a double-disc in-studio live re-recording of a lot of their most notable songs throughout their entire career. It's really uh, decent. I, I recommend it. Go check it out. Anything on here I'm playing from releases that I pretty much wholeheartedly endorse, or I just think that they're interesting things that got away. Uh, this one's pretty cool, too. I think a lot of the material on this is probably as good and sometimes even a little bit better than the actual source material that it came from. But uh, when Black Sabbath put out their 13 album uh, earlier this decade, their, their final album, is it? I'm sure it will prove to be. Uh, they also had enough material in the can to put a whole other EP out, which uh, I got through like one of those big box things, you know, like a Best Buy or something like that when I bought the album. You just get the, you know, quote, free release with it uh, for buying from their store. So, you know, I was actually surprised that I, I dug a lot of the material on the 13 EP, the little add-on there. So since it's not part of the proper live album, I consider it an EP. So it belongs here on the odds and ends. So a lot of people that bought 13 may not even have this, the 13 EP. So I'm going to go with it. So here's a song, and I think they even wound up playing this on certain shows here and there, at least uh, while they were supporting the album, and maybe even maybe once or twice in their farewell tour. And I think the thing was, uh, I think a lot of the band likes the song, and maybe not so much Rick Rubin, who probably had final say on the track list. But regardless, uh, here's Black Sabbath from their 13 EP add-on. The song's called Methodemic.
right, there you go. From the 13 EP add-on, the bonus EP from Black Sabbath's 13 record. That was Methodemic there, which, uh, in case you didn't know, it's it's three-quarters of the original Black Sabbath. There Ozzy, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Brad Wilk, X Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave on drums there. So Ozzy wanted his drummer, Tommy Clufettos, to do the album. And uh, even though Tommy did do the eventual tour and looks like a younger, skinnier version of Bill Ward, uh, he was, I guess, outvoted or Ruben benched him. I'm not sure how that even worked out. But, of course, we all wanted Bill Ward on the record, but, you know, say la vie. All right. And I was very lucky this decade. I mean, my top moment musically of the entire decade will probably wind up being uh, me seeing the original Alice Cooper group reunited. Good Records over here down the street in Dallas. Thanks to the great Chris Penn of Good Records there. But the the other cool thing is I, I didn't mention as much, although I did mention it on the show, is that a few months after the fact, uh, Dennis Dunaway of the Alice Cooper group actually came back to the store for Record Store Day and uh, did a short encore set with the Pretties For You New York City tribute band where uh, the band played the whole Alice Pretties For You album top to bottom and then Dennis came out and did the encore with them. So, I mean, just the fact that I had Dennis Dunaway right in my face playing Halo of Flies, that's uh, just as cool, basically, as being at that Alice thing. It's neck and neck, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, Dennis, super nice guy. His wife is amazing. Uh, she took a photo with us back there uh, in the back loading dock area of the store. So it was a great night. That being said, uh, also, uh, speaking of Dennis, and of course I brought him up to talk about this, Dennis does have a band currently called Blue Coop, uh, which is spelled uh, blue, C-O-U-P-E, like the car. Of course, you know, they probably wanted to do C-O-O-P as a play on words, but, uh, you know, Dennis is pretty respectful about, you know, not trying to seem like a guy that capitalizes on Alice too much. But uh, Blue Coop is basically Dennis Dunaway and the Burchard brothers. Uh, Albert Burchard is from Blue Oyster Cult. They started off as a Alice Blue Oyster Cult tribute act, uh, where they're from over there in Arizona. But, you know, eventually they grew to, uh, you know, put out their own original material. They have two full links out, and they put out a standalone single fairly recently. I believe I played this on the show last year, but it's such a fun song. And, of course, the added bonus of having Alice Cooper guest on there as a vocalist. So here you go, having fun with Dennis Dunaway, the Bouchard Brothers, and the great, iconic Alice Cooper. No excuse not to play it right. So here's Blue Coop with Hallow's Grave.
With her glaring eyes I was trapped like a rat Come here little sweet thing Forget all you know Me and my friends wanna Performed by Blue Coop with guest vocalist Alice Cooper there. Go check that out. You can easily download that on iTunes and uh, buy and support your music. Not only will uh, they appreciate it, but I think you'll appreciate it more if you pay for your music. And I do mean that. I'm not trying to sound like a dick. I just think that art should be appreciated and therefore supported. So, all right. Last song of the night here. There's a there's a sort of a little quick story attached to this i think it's pretty funny so one of the first road trips i ever took with my eventual better half nola we went actually to a city that i grew up in i wasn't born there but i I did a decent amount of growing up in my elementary school years over in abilene texas which is roughly about three hours from where i live now and one of her favorite bands was playing in Abilene. So we're like, screw it, man, let's just go. You know, it was Friday night and we were both off work and let's go see a rock and roll show. So Bowling for Soup was playing at this uh, place. I forget the name of it. It's it's out there. It's, it's some honky tonk that they also book rock bands and Tejano bands at. And this was the beginning of a lot of fun stuff uh, for us, you know, as far as going to shows and things like that. Because that was, I believe, the first night of that entire tour, which would make it the first show that they ever played with the Dolly Rots, who would become friends of ours, and we go see them all the time when they're in town, and they're great people. Bowling for Soup already being a local favorite. And, uh, you know, I definitely got into Bowling for Soup because of NOLA. It was a band that she really enjoys. And 
she's seen him more than I have. I've seen him a handful of times since then. I gotta say, man, I mean, you may know like a song or two by him, and you know, they probably seem like a novelty band, which they definitely uh, are funny lyrically for the most part, but I gotta tell you, they get it done live. Very good live band. Don't believe me that the Brits know a thing or 12 about Bowling for Soup. They're bigger in England than they ever were over here, and they play like huge theaters and stuff when they go out there. Very cool to see that. So yeah, but we saw them in this little rinky-dink-honky-tonk out in Abilene, Texas. Super fun show. Really cool. And, you know, like I said, just two of the nicest bands you'll ever meet. And uh, I told you all that to tell you this. We were out in the crowd and Bowling for Soup just finished their set. So we're on the floor there, you know, in the GA. And, you know, trying not to get uh, elbow to elbow with people too much. And we overheard this one really young girl say, Oh, man, they didn't play Stacy's Mom. To which, like, a handful of people turn around like, You idiot. They don't do Stacy's Mom. So that means that this person was a <laughs> culture-shamed victim of being a garbage person that uh, steals music online and you go to those sites and they always have you know they spell Jimi hendrix j-i-m-m-y and of course you know they're just guessing oh it kind of sounds like bowling for soup here's bowling for soup with stacy's mom like that's obviously where she got that i'm pretty sure i'd put money on that so yeah it was just funny to be like you idiot <laughs> So, yeah, it's funny. It really is, especially if you're there. Uh, So, that being said, I I guess this wasn't the only time that Bowling for Soup had even uh, heard that even. And not that they heard that woman say it that night, but I'm sure they've heard the joke like, oh, this sounds like one of your songs. So, eventually, they just owned up to it. About a year later, after that show, uh, as a B-side to one of their singles, they dropped their own cover of Stacy's Mom. So, there you go. Full circle, yo. (laughs) So, yeah, here's uh, here's our friends Bowling for Soup doing a dead-on, you'd swear it was the original version of Stacy's Mom. Enjoy.
Closing off the show here this week, volume one of the best odds and ends of this decade. I was Bowling for Soup doing their version of Fountains of Wayne's Stacy's Mom. I, I, I love the original. I love the cover. Uh, that was off of the I've Never Done Anything Like This single. You can find it on iTunes along with them doing a re-recorded version of the Bitch song as well. Re-recording one of their own songs, but uh, it's always fun. It's always fun. So I hope you enjoyed that little fun cover there. Like I said, there's no way you can hate that version if you love the original because it, it basically is the same song, the exact same version, same arrangement, the whole bit. Uh, so yeah, I think they did a great job there. It's definitely along the lines of Todd Rundgren's Faithful, right? All right. There's an old guy reference for you. I try to hit it on both sides there, you know. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Look forward to more odds and ends wrapping up this decade. Uh, we, we hit a bunch of different years from this decade on this one right here. We're going to go in alphabetical order just to keep my list straight. I don't want to leave anybody out. So I think that gave way to some fun variety here on the show today. Uh, you know, feel free to hit me up on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Let me know what you liked and what you didn't like. And if you want to check out every episode of Rock Strikes 10, you can find that on the great cnjradio.com. Every episode of Rock Strikes 10, plus every episode of all the other shows on cnjradio.com, including our flagship, The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other and the best one, in my opinion. Also, the Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. Go catch up on his 100-plus episodes. Get caught up while you can. Also, the Last Theater show's coming soon right there. Talking Rock with myself and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, where we wax about a random topic going on in rock and roll, you know, for about 30 or 45 minutes. It's a great show, and I love talking to Mark, so check out Talking Rock with mark and joey and last but not least i am vinyl podcast we definitely there's some light at the end of the tunnel there it's finally on its way got uh like the first three episodes in the can about ready to release them pete's doing a great job and uh, i love his enthusiasm it makes me think of when i started my first show anyway no like i said pete's a great guy it's going to be a great show but yeah, of course, once it's officially, officially a thing that you can download, I will be promoting the crap out of it. All right, uh, speaking of Pete, last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete LaRussa and the great Space Beard for doing the outro we played on every episode. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband, purchase their latest album, Gone. If you're in the New York City area, East Coast right there, keep an eye out. Space Beard is back playing shows, so hit them up, hit the clubs up, and check out Space Beard. They're great. All right, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Have fun. <laughs>